you, New Hope Church Choir. Can we give them another round of applause? That was so they're, good. Um, they're available for parties and uh, graduation coming up and all that stuff. But thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. Good evening and welcome good to evening. New Hope Church. My name is Kat. I'm Chad. And uh, we just want to welcome to you to our Easter week celebration. Isn't this a great week? I mean, on Palm Sunday, we had our children come up and dance and worship the Lord. And then we have our choir uh, tonight, which we usually don't do on Wednesdays. But, you know, this is a special time of the year. So this is, this is what we do. And I'm looking forward to this coming Friday. Yes. We have our uh, Christ Safari is going to be up here at our church. And we're going to have a concert with them. And, and it's free. Yep. Free. It's free. Um, it's free. As Pastor Ben said, free. Okay. But it's mainly we just want to give you an opportunity to invite your friends and your family who may normally not come to church and they like reggae music, but even better, Christian reggae flavor music. love the music. Lord, yeah? yes. Yeah. Just loving the Lord. And, and I've been hearing, I've never personally seen them, but I've been hearing so many great things from from even other churches who are like, you guys are going to be so blessed. Make sure, you know, your congregation comes. I'm like, well, you guys can come too, you know, because it is open to the public. So make sure whoever you tell, even though they don't come to this church, they are welcome. So please do come. So the doors open at? Doors open at 6.15. We have a concession that's going to start from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Why so early are we opening up this church? Because it's an open house. <laughs> I always do this. I put him on the spot all the time. But we want to, um, like we said, for you to be able to invite people and say they go, well, what is your church like? You know, is the people scary? You know, what's going on? And do they like kids? You know, are they okay? And then you know already, for those of you who send your kids to the nursery or little builders or team kids or even your teenagers to Relentless, this is a chance where they can actually go in there and look around because, you know, as parents are skeptical, so they want to check it out and make sure it's safe and, you know, they're not running around with pencils and stuff like that. So this is an opportunity for them to also meet the teachers that are in there. So, so if, if you meet on. somebody new, you know, this is your home church and you can bring them around and take them to the different, to the fellowship hall, take them to the children's side and they can actually go into the different rooms and they can kind of see, you know, what's a, what it's about in the children's areas. Yeah, so, so you guys get to play host, okay? We're depending on you guys to just kind of show them the ropes. And then, of course, we're going to have the concession. But doors open at 6.15 and the concert starts at 6.30. Yeah. So make sure you get here for your seats because we're not going to be able to save it. It's going to be that it's gonna quick. It's going to be awesome. That quick. Yes. And then on Sunday, the fun doesn't stop there. Sunday we have our Easter services. Same time, 7, 9, and 11. And we have, I mean, this was just a taste of what's going to happen on Sunday. We're, our choir is going to come back, but there's so much more. Like, I want to tell you guys, but I don't want to spoil it because we actually have a collaboration of different ministries that are going to be up here doing something special. And I've never seen it done this way before since I've been here. So please enjoy, um, invite your friends and family and just get ready to enjoy a wonderful service. And again, be hosts on that day too. There's going to be many new people coming up. And again, you can take them around and show them around the church. And just welcome them to our home. And it's one way of just getting for them to know the Lord. So Yes, absolutely. So we ready for Easter week. Are we ready? We're ready, right? We're ready. We're going to bring our friends. We're going to bring our families. We're going to invite them. Invite, invite, invite. Well, tonight, uh, Pastor Sheldon will be talking about a faith that encourages. So if you know anybody who needs a little bit of encouragement, if you're feeling like you might need a little bit of it, tonight's your night. So please welcome up Pastor Sheldon. 
I, I did have a question though, because you're talking about concessions and some of us are, are food connoisseurs. What's for dinner? Do you guys know what they're, they're going to be selling for food? Okay, I heard there's going to be poke bowls. Okay. See, look, now you can come. Yes, I'm like, I don't know, I can come to the concert. Okay. Well, Usually I'm the one that is always like, what's for dinner? Eugene, what's for dinner? What's for breakfast? And right. I didn't know, and that's why, because I heard it was Poke Bowls. I don't eat raw fish, so I was like, tuned out. <laughs> There's also clove pig and cabbage. Okay. Okay, okay now I know. And what that's else? My thing. Smoked meat. Smoke meat. Smoke. So they're all bowls. They're all bowls. All bowls. Different okay. bowls. And there's one more. I can't recall what Smoke it is. Smoke meat bowls. I think it's Terry bo- Terry the Terry chicken. Ch- oh, Terry chicken bowl. <laughs> okay. And the well is also going to be open as okay. well. Okay. Okay. So thank you. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to know. And some of you wonder why why we have uh, the host like Cat uh, and and Chad. And part of it is not just to welcome you and to uh, get us prepared for the night, but it's also to uh, raise other people up to do certain things in the church because whenever we do something to this magnitude, it is always so that we can serve and learn together. That it's not one person doing everything, it's everybody doing a little bit uh, as the body of Christ. So don't think that you and your giftings or, or even the, the lack thereof because some people think, I can't serve, I don't know how to do anything. Everyone has at least one gift, everyone can at least do one thing for the Lord and when you use it for Him, He'll use it for all of eternity. He will use your gift and touch someone else's life. So don't think that, well, I, I can't serve. Everyone can serve somewhere. And uh, if, you, if you can sing, join the worship team. If you can't sing, don't. Do something else. It's just that simple. And you'll bless everyone. <laughs> but when you serve the Lord, he'll, he'll show you where you can serve. And, of course, you'll be delighted. When you came in, you were given this uh, bulletin. And in there are places where you can take notes. And you're given this invitation. And on this invitation, you have the information of this week. And, of course, we already had Palm Sunday. But this Friday, of course, we're going to have our concert and then Easter Sunday. And you want to use this to invite someone. As Kat was saying, we're going to be talking about a faith that encourages. This is very encouraging to people who are lost and are trying to find their way to God. They're, they're, they're searching. People are searching. And, and you know how they search? They go on Google. That's how they search for life. What is the meaning of life? Uh, what is the purpose of life? Uh, is there a God? How do I know God exists? How do I know God is speaking? People are asking questions. You may just give them the answer. That it, it all comes back to Jesus Christ and what he has done. So take these invitations and pass them out. If you need more, uh, maybe you're going to take it to work or some of you go to school, then go to our information center and, and grab some more and you'll be able to use this to encourage other people. But we've been in this series, the Hall of Faith, and we've been talking about the greats that have gone on before us, those who are in the Bible. And Hebrews chapter 11 captures a list of people who have, who have had such faith that they were able to do great things. And I'm wondering, if we were still writing the Bible, would we be in that list, the hall of faith? And and what would the Bible say about us? What would the Bible say about our faith? What kind of faith do we have? And yes, tonight we're going to be talking about a faith that encourages. And we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to read verse 20. It's a short verse, but nonetheless, it's going to speak volumes. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have your... Uh, New Hope Church app, then you can open that up and go to your notes, and then you can fill in the blanks as we go along, and you'll have your scriptures there too. 
But if not, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And if you've been with us for the past couple of weeks, then you're going you're gonna to find that everything that God speaks about and every, every situation that we come across in this hall of faith, they were all different in their situations and their circumstances. But one thing they all had in common was they had this faith, this unshakable faith in God. And so that's what we've been learning from. Last week we talked about, or the other week we talked about Abraham and uh, how God tested him. And Abraham had so much faith that he, he knew that he would still have descendants, even though he felt the Lord saying, you need to slay your firstborn son. And Abraham is thinking, well, what's going to happen to him? But Abraham had so much faith that even if he were to slay his own son, he knew God would either bring him back to life or, or do something. And, and thank God that God said, you're done. You don't need to do that. I already see your heart. And so if you were here last week, we were talking about that. And, and so now Abraham has some children. And in verse 20, in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, it says, By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. Now, who is Jacob and Esau? And who is Isaac? Who are these people? Well, Abraham is their father. Abraham gave birth, not him. He and his wife had Isaac as their child. And so we're going to go through a couple of, uh, uh, like, kind of like a family tree. But when the Bible says that by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future, I'm wondering, why does someone need faith to bless their children? Like, why, why do you need faith to bless your children? Why can't you just bless your children? Well, first of all, we have to understand what the blessing was. It wasn't just have a nice day. Uh, do well in school, uh, don't make trouble to people, be nice to people. That's not the blessing. It was about the future, and it was about the, the world in which we see today. So when, when we're here thousands of years later, we can see the ramifications and the blessings of what Isaac was doing with Jacob and Esau. But they didn't see it back then. They just saw it as here's the blessing, and what an incredible blessing, and what an incredible time that was happening at that specific moment. So we're going to look at what this blessing was all about. In Genesis chapter 27, and if you have your Bibles, from the back of the Bible, now you're going to turn all the way to the front. So Genesis, first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 27. And it's, uh, I'm going to read the entire chapter, okay? So bear with me. And if you fall asleep, when you come back, just take notes. So Genesis chapter 27, it says, when Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. So he's of old age, hard to see, and he's asking his son to go get him some food because his son was a hunter. Esau was a hunter. Now, Rebekah, who is Isaac's wife, was listening to Isaac as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Now, watch what his mom does. Go out into the flock and bring me two choice young goats, 
so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and, and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, my son, let the curse fall on me. In other words, you're not going to be the one to blame. The blame is going to be on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands the smooth, and the smooth parts of his neck with the goatskins. Then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father, yes, my son, he answered, Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Now, I'm thinking, I, I, at this point, Jacob has to be like scared out of his mind that if his dad finds out, then his dad, you know, will get upset. So Isaac asked his son, how did you find it so quickly, my son? Well, the Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. So his father's kind of like, wait a minute, there's, I, I, I'm blind, but I'm not that blind. So he said, come closer. So Jacob went close to his father Isaac. Now, at this point, I, I, Jacob must be fearing. And then he went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. Like a, I mean, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but it was, it was gold skin. <laughs> so I don't know what Esau looked like, but he was a hairy man. Uh, goat hairy. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. And then he asked again, are you really my son Esau? I am, he replied. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate, and he brought some wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him. In other words, by this time, Isaac already is, has bought the conspiracy that this is Esau. So he brought him close, and he said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field <laughs> that the Lord has blessed so not cologne. He's saying the smell of a field. May God give you heaven's dew. Now he's blessing him. And earth's richness. An abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. And may those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may, have, so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? And Isaac said, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Uh, yeah, Esau replied. And Isaac trembled violently and said, 
Who was it then that hunted the game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came in, and I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he cried out and burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, bless me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright. And earlier, if you read the scriptures earlier, he, uh, Esau was hungry and Jacob was making some stew. Esau said, give me some stew. Jacob said, give me your birthright. I'll give you some stew. Must have been good stew or he was starving. He gave up his birthright for stew. And so now he got deceived twice or, or, or he gave up two things, birthright and blessing. So this is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright, and now he's taking my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? In verse 37, Isaac answered Esau, I have made him lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Now, I don't know if you have siblings, but let's just say you're the one who, you know, you're the favorite yeah, imagine if it was flipped, that for some reason it was flipped. Now, if you're not the favorite or oldest or however you put it in your family, wherever you are in that category, it, it was changed. That's what's happening right now. So Isaac answered Esau. Oh, Esau, said, Esau said to his father in verse 38, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling place, your dwelling, will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke off from your neck. Esau held a grudge. Now, we got to remember this part, okay? Esau held a grudge against Jacob, because of the blessing his father had given him, he said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are near, and I will kill my brother Jacob. So this is it's intense now. In verse 42, when Rebekah was told that her older son Esau had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, Your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. Talk about a change in scenery if Jacob takes a wife from among the women of the land, from Hittite women like these, my life will not be worth living. Now in chapter 28, we continue. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. Then he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. So, his, so Isaac is already kind of arranging for Jacob's marriage. He's saying, don't, don't marry these women. Go at once to Padan Aram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. 
May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham. So now Abraham, their grandfather, is mentioned so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way, and he went to Badan Aram to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, who was the mother of Jacob and Esau. Now Esau learned that Isaac had blessed Jacob and had sent him to Padan Aram to take a wife from there, and that when he blessed him, he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and, has gone, and had gone to Padan Aram. Esau then realized how displeasing the Canaanite women were to his father Isaac, so he went to Ishmael, you got to remember that name, and married Mahalath, the sister of Nebaioth, the daughter of Ishmael, son of Abraham, in addition to the wives he already had. So, in this huge soap opera of a family, you find that Isaac, by faith, blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. What was their future going to look like? What, what, what was the future? Because he said to one, you're going to be a blessing. One, you're going to live by the sword. You're going to be a blessing to all nations. You're going to serve this one. He's going to lord over you. So you see these two blessings. Rebecca was the one, as the mom, who kind of conspired to, to, to make this arrangement. And Rebecca already knew that God's blessing was going to come through their family because of Abraham, their father, saying through, as God said to Abraham, through your seed, you will become a father of many nations. So they already knew of the blessing. But Rebecca took it into her own hands to kind of make it work out. And so now Jacob and Esau are dealing with the ramifications of Rebecca's distrust of what God had already said was going to happen. So now they're dealing with this and Rebecca just, she just didn't trust God and kind of got, in, got involved in it. But nevertheless, the, everything came to what it was. And even though Jacob got the blessing, Esau, Esau really wasn't too, he wasn't too happy about the blessing itself as in a spiritual sense. He just wanted the material blessings because he would have, he would get the inheritance of, of, of property and land and, and that kind of inheritance. He would have a, a military power. So it wasn't about the spiritual side of the blessing. It was about the material side of the blessing. And so this genealogy that we see from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob and Esau, their, their bloodline we still see continuing today. And, and I'll, I'll show us how this has all taken place. And if we look at the genealogy of this family, just their family tree in the book of Genesis, it connects Esau with the descendants of Edom and the Amalekites. And if you were here on Sunday, we talked about how the Amalekites were supposed to be destroyed or the, the, uh, the Sunday before, that they were supposed to be destroyed because they were an evil people. So you can already see one side of the family are doing things that are against God. And now God is saying, wait, through this bloodline, you're going to see my blessing. And you're going to see for future generations what that blessing will look like. Isaac's blessing on Jacob, which was meant for Esau, gave him the earth's bounty and authority over his brother. But Isaac's words to Esau reinforced Jacob's superiority, but also prophesied that Esau would one day rebel against Jacob's rule. So, these two, Jacob and Esau. 
today, if we fast forward the tape, just from these two, Jacob and Esau, we're going to see the ramifications that we're dealing with in the Middle East right now because that's where all of this was taking place. With Jacob and Esau, and by the way, they were twins. Jacob and Esau, as they continued their family line, Esau marries Ishmael's daughter. And the reason why he did that is because he wanted to rebel against his dad. His dad says, you're not going to marry these women. So he said, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you didn't want Jacob to do. I'm going to do the very opposite thing. So let's just start here. Abraham. And he has two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. So you have these two sons. Then Isaac has Jacob and Esau. Ishmael has a daughter. Mahalath. Esau marries Mahalath, which from them come the descendants called the Arabs. Jacob wrestles with God. God changes his name to Israel. I'm going to show you a map, and you can throw this up right now. This is the Arab nations right now. And in this map, three, two, one, zero, boom. Close enough. Okay. All the green is the Arab nations. Can you see Israel? It's a tiny little red dot right there in the center. That's Israel. A slither of land. The only way Israel survives today, the only way, is God. That's the only way. This is not geologically possible. This is not mathematically possible. This is not even economically possible and, and, and militarily possible. They're only in existence because of God. That's God's blessing to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Now, these, these countries right now that surround Israel, we're seeing where our world is today because of what was being said through Jacob blessing, uh, through Isaac blessing Jacob and Esau. Once, once Esau goes through Ishmael's family, now we have these two nations. And now what we see today is a lot of terrorists fighting wars. Right now, everybody's on edge, nations against nations. Uh, I, I believe it was today where... Uh, in the UN, in the council, they were talking about why Russia wouldn't condemn the Syrian army for uh, dropping the chemical weapons. And Russia said, no, we're not going to condemn them. So now you have this, this uneasy feeling right now in the Middle East, which it was already intense from these times. And we're, we're only seeing... What has always continued, that Esau will want to kill his brother. It's still there. They're still fighting over the same thing they've always been fighting about. 
So nothing has changed. It's just escalated to a worldwide globalization of enemies. But the Bible does say to pray for Jerusalem. That you pray for the peace of Jerusalem. If you think of our country, the most powerful country in the world, we are a country who are allied and supports Israel. That in itself warrants us to have God's blessing. If you are someone who believes in the things of God, and if you want a faith that encourages, then you have to know that we are people who pray for the peace of Israel, that we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. For those nations to surround Israel, and Israel still exists, is the hand of God. And I believe we all want to be included in the hand of God. Now just think of today, just, just with our own homeland, our own homeland security in 2016, we spent $4.79 trillion in the Middle East wars and homeland security. Trillion dollars. Supposedly, by the year 2053, it'll climb up to $7.9 trillion. And this is post-9-11, uh, the post-9-11 uh, on the war on, on terrorism. We're at a place where everything is so intense, people are afraid. We also have uh, North Korea with, with uh, nuclear testing threats or possibility, and now we're going in and, and putting destroyers and aircraft carriers near North Korea. So... Where are we in our world today? How can we develop a faith that encourages because it can sound discouraging. It can sound almost like the world is coming to an end. And many people talk about the end times and the end times and the end times. I'm sorry to tell you, but when we pass on, that is our end time in a, in a personal in a person's life. So, so we're all going to have an end time. But if we're thinking when Jesus comes back, that is not defeat for God's people. That is victory for God's people. That's why in the Bible it says, Lord, we pray you come. That's what Hosanna meant when, when Jesus came into Jerusalem. That's what we, was, we were celebrating on Sunday. Hosanna. Save us, we pray. This is Holy Week. There's no mistake that that the Middle East is, is on the news. It's been there since the beginning. But what makes the difference is God's people who develops a faith that encourages and a faith that builds up and a faith that continues to do what it does best. And that's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth, to give people a hope that will never die and a hope that will never be defeated. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 through chapter 5, I want to read that because... In this setting right here, you have two brothers from Abraham. And because of their lineage, we see what we see today. But Abraham also tried to take matters in his own hands. Remember with his wife Sarai, who later became Sarah? That they too were, were thinking, how are we going to have children? And Sarah was thinking, I, I can't have children. Maybe through my Maybe through the slave wife, maybe through the, the, the servant woman, we can have children. So Abraham slept with Hagar, and then she had Ishmael. 
But then Sarah conceived and bore Isaac. And then you had Hagar. Oops, sorry, wrong spelling. So you had these two. And now you have these children. And you can see the, the continuation that, that has happened till this day. So in Galatians chapter, chapter 4, verse 21, this is what the Bible tells us because we're, we're now on this side. We're, we're, we're post so-called uh, Old Testament time, and now we're in the New Testament. Old Testament is before Jesus came. New Testament is, uh, is when Jesus arrived and then thereafter. So in Galatians chapter 21, Paul the apostle is speaking to the Galatian church, and he's saying, tell me, who, tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. So the slave woman, he's referring to Hagar, and then the other, the free woman, he's referring to Sarah. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a, of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The, woman represent, the women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are, being, who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the, but the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud. You who are never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac are children of promise. So Paul is saying, don't forget what God had said through Abraham that you will, have, you will be the promise. This is where the blessing will be. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. So even during this time, Paul is saying it's the same now. But what does the Scripture say? It says, get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, of the slave woman but of the free woman. In chapter 5, Galatians, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So here we have Paul saying, listen, he explains this to them. Listen, you're, you're from the free woman. You're from the promise of God, not from flesh where they took it in their own hands and tried to make God's promise come to pass. No, the, the promise was between Abraham and Sarah, and God gave them Isaac. So you're born of the free woman. So he's speaking to them as being freed, not being slaves. Now, why is he using this context? Why is he saying freedom and slavery? Well, he's using it in the context of sin. That we're no longer under sin because of what Christ has done. We're now set free. So if you want to understand how you can develop a faith that encourages, here are three things, and here's the first one, to remember that Christ has set us free. We've we got to remember that Christ has set us free. It's not our good deeds. It's not how we think. It's Christ 
that set us free. That's what this whole week is all about. That Jesus Christ died and rose again. Friday, that's what we're going to be remembering. That's why we're having this concert on Good Friday. Because of what Jesus has done for us. We're not celebrating the actual death of Christ. We're celebrating the fact that he died for us. That there was a purpose for his death. That Christ has set us free. John 8.32 tells us, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is truth. And the most powerful thing in the world right now is truth. The second thing, not only Christ has set us free, but the second thing, don't become a slave to sin. Don't let sin enslave you. Just think of the sins that we do, the things that we do. It's a result of the flesh. It's we want to make things happen. We don't trust God, so we're going to make things happen. But the lust of the flesh, that's what entangles us. It pulls us away from God. So what God is saying is, don't be a slave to sin. Why would you want to be a slave to sin? That's death. That's not the promise of God. That's where every sin will lead to death. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Why is that? Because Christ has set us free. Therefore, don't become a slave to sin. Romans 6, 18 tells us, You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. In other words, we're now holy because of what Christ has done. That's what the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 tells us, that you, you have been, you're, you're now holy and without fault in His eyes. Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us to be holy and without fault in his eyes. That's righteousness. So don't become a slave to sin. And then the last thing, walk in the power of the Spirit. If you want to develop a faith that encourages, you've got to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to need his Spirit. That's what Isaac had. He had the power of God's Spirit to speak this. And that blessing for Isaac carries on till this day. That's the power of walking in the Spirit of God. Galatians 5, 24 and 25 says that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh along with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So if you live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Now, why does the Bible say keep in step with the Spirit? Because, here it is, we tend to walk on our own volition. We want to follow our own way, our own lust, our own fleshly desires. We tend to do what we want to do. When we hear something we want and we get tempted, we pull towards that way rather than follow in step with the Spirit. If you follow in step with the Spirit, basically what you're doing is you're being led by the Spirit. And if you've, if you've said yes to Jesus, you have already crucified your flesh along with His passions and desires. And if that's so, let us, let us walk in step with the Spirit And one of the greatest ways to do that is to read the Word of God. You need His instructions every single day. If we think we can do life on our own, we're not going to be able to walk in step. We're going to be doing things like this. And then life becomes a mess. A faith that encourages is a faith that is free from the slavery of sin, walking in the power of the Spirit. Let's be people who has a faith that encourages, a faith that builds people up, a faith that, like like Isaac, blesses his children. Even though he knew there was something funny going on, he still trusted in God that the words that are going to come out of my mouth are still going to be a blessing 
according to your will. Let's be people who develops a faith that encourages others by showing them how great our God is. Amen. And close your Bibles and put away your notes. We're going to pray for our night and, and even for our week. I'm going to ask Grayson to come to the keyboard as we conclude. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you have given us a clear picture of where we are in our world today. It's, it's not just by happenstance that these things are going on. We don't, we don't live in a country that, that is so heightened with homeland security because we're afraid. We, we do these things because this is a result of what took place thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, and decades ago. It's, it's every moment that goes by that we see the results of what can go wrong when someone tries to take matters into their own hands and not move in step with your spirit. I'm, I'm sure, Lord, that in our families, our genealogy, if we just trace back our genealogy, for some of us, we're in the situation we're in because mom was like this, dad was like this, grandparents, uncle, auntie, we were surrounded by various situations and this is what we know. But we're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer living in darkness. We are now children of light. We have no one to blame because we have you in our lives. And so let us walk in the Spirit and step in step with you. And not be a slave to sin. Lord, at the same time, in our genealogy, there are, there are tons of relatives who have followed you, who have prayed for us continue to pray for us and maybe long before we were born we had relatives that you gave promises to that someone will rise up may that be us Lord that we would rise up for you for that's what happened through Jacob Israel that when the tribe of Judah that lineage was birthed. Years later, here comes Jesus, the Lion of Judah, who paid the price for our sins, who gave us the freedom to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Because when all is said and done, we know we live in a fallen world. But one day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. We're not going to wait till then. We confess tonight that Jesus, you are Lord. And so with this week that we call Holy Week, Good Friday coming up, and then Resurrection Sunday, thanks be to God that we have a Savior who has rescued us from the slavery of sin. We are set free. May we walk in freedom and be people who have a faith that encourages others. In Jesus' name we pray and we all said together. Amen. Can we just thank our Lord for all the good things that he does for us? Thanks, Kat. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. What a Thank you so much, Pastor Sheldon. Yeah. And you know, for a week like this week and what has been going on in the news and what you see in the media or Facebook or wherever you see um, them talking about North Korea and everything else that's been going on, it, it forces you to look for encouragement. And so this is the week of celebration. If any week of the year should give you encouragement, it's this week. 
And so if you have a friend's family that are also reading the news and freaking out and or going something, going through something really hard in their life right now, this is the week to invite them to come to church. This is the week for them to have some encouragement and to find true encouragement. What did you get from tonight, Chan? You know, I, I really liked how Pastor, Sher Pastor Sheldon shared about the lineage of the different families. And one thing, you know, when you follow their story, stories all along the way, they'll go through stuff, but yet you'll see God's faithfulness and love for his people. So even today when we can see all the not-so-good things that are happening in the world, we can still put, yet put our faith in the Lord that he still has the best. And we get to be that encouragement to the world. I love the fact that we get to choose to live in the light. We don't have to be slaves to sin. You know, and sometimes we, we choose it because it's easier. We think it's the right way and we make decisions on our own and it's the wrong way and it just gets worse, you know. And this way, when we choose truth, we choose God, we choose His way and we live by the Spirit, we have that choice to do that. We are free. We don't have to stay the same. We don't have to put up with the sins. We can choose to be different and we can choose to live with Jesus in our lives. And that is encouragement. Amen? Amen. 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 All right.